What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Shooting the Shit. Uh, we have three of us joining the show today. It's myself, Sean Gregoire. We got Pat Hardy in the building. We got Kev Barrett in the building. How you guys doing today, man? Good, man. Just chilling. Another Saturday. Blessed to be here. Pat, what's up, bro? I'm good, man. I hope y'all enjoyed your week. We about to get into it. I'm ready to go. All right. Okay, so we'll get right into the first topic. We're going to be talking about the bubble, the NBA bubble that has somehow held up and nobody's dying or getting sick, which is great. That's very um, good for my conscience, even though I've been wrong over the past two months of recording this show. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll start with a bunch of general questions. Uh, we can't run through everything. That will take an hour in itself. But, Pat, we'll just start with you. What team have you been looking at in the bubble, and what, what have you been looking at in general as far as the league? So I've really been checking out two teams. Um, obviously, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, um, so yeah. it's sun's crazy right now. The only undefeated team in the bubble, Devin Booker hitting you know, buzzer beaters, doing book wow. stuff that's eventually going to get him out of Phoenix because he doesn't need to be here any longer. He <laughs> needs to get away very quickly. Um, and then, man, I, I can't do anything but – Look at Portland, um, even though they just took a, a tough loss to the Clips uh, earlier. Uh, um, I, Portland is intriguing because obviously my sentiments are, you know, Memphis was coming into this thing hot, but they've kind of been one of the worst te- worst playoff teams since the All-Star break and since things kind of went haywire in March. Um, so they've kind of been slipping. And then this whole bubble was created for Zion, except the Pelicans don't really know what to do with Zion. And, you know, he's only played 20, 22, 21 or 22 games thus far. So that kind of left the open space for Portland. And Damian Lillard comes and says, I don't even want to show up unless we're going to do what we're doing. So Portland's doing what they're doing now. And you can't but be intrigued by it. Melo is playing great. Nurkic coming back is a boost for them. I'm really watching those teams, Phoenix and Phoenix and Portland. What about you, Kev? Uh, so I've been watching the Lakers, obviously. Um, I've been, I guess if you could say a team, not my favorite team that I've watched that I've been intrigued by, I would say uh, Dallas, um, not just for Luka, but I'm actually, I was surprised by uh, Porzinga, the unicorn. Um you know, he came out pretty strong. Um, I like to see him in the paint, use his size, stuff like that. So he, he's just a fun player to watch, in my opinion, because he's all over the place. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've been very great offensively. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they're, like, number one offensive in the league. I don't know if that's changed in the last few days. Uh, the bad boy clips, they, you know, they've been fun to watch. They've been very efficient. <laughs> bad boy um, clips, huh? I haven't heard yeah. that one. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, man, they uh, Kawhi's been on it. Um, you know, one thing I noted when I was watching Paul George that I'll say too, you know, I remember, uh, you know, when he was Indiana, it was just, it was a, it was great to see him playing at that level again because I remember him, you know, breaking his leg, and it was like, you know, some people don't even get back from that, so it was just. It was a reflection on a lot of things for me, actually, watching a lot of guys play. And, uh, you know, Chris Paul had an awesome game. Um, you know, he's still, like, up there. I, arguably, the like, I don't know if he'll be able to lead his team, you know, into a, a more playoff scenario. 
But I mean, he was getting buckets, man. He's still CP three. Um, good stuff. Just I'm I, I'm I was a little conflicted because I'm happy they're back. I know some players are opting out, and that that's a thing now too. Um, and I definitely respect anybody's right to say like I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to go back. Um, but I mean, I would say my joy for watching them play and do what they do was probably definitely uh, that that way more than uh the latter so it was good I'm glad i'm glad nba's back yeah man it's funny because me and pat were actually it was it was me and brad last week we were just talking about how happy we were just to watch basketball we didn't care what it was that lakers clippers game was kind of trash and i still didn't care because it was so fun and it's just, we just got overloaded with basketball this week, too. Right. And I'll talk about the Lakers first because they've been struggling. LeBron's been struggling. Uh, basically, everyone's been struggling except for Anthony Davis. And I think the Lakers' issue right now is that they, they can't shoot for whatever reason. Whatever they were doing during the regular season, it hasn't really trans, um, translated to the bubble right now. LeBron can't shoot. Danny Green's missing. The whole team is missing. And basically a lot of people are losing their shirts in Vegas because they're relying on the Lakers to be, you know, who the Lakers are supposed to be this year. And uh, they, they've been rough. Pat, I wanted to ask you, uh, you, you think Portland can make some noise in the playoffs, obviously, uh, because of the way uh, they finished um, last season and the way – they're finishing up now. How do you feel about a first-round matchup with the Lakers? Um, if the Lakers take this show on the road, Dame's <laughs> going to do Dame things. Um, and Dame is always good for a, a first-round upset in the playoffs. He's good for that. Um, Come on, but say it. If, if you know anything about a LeBron James team, there's this switch that yeah. they can turn on against lesser – um, matched opponents, and as much as I think that Nurkic and and Melo playing well helps the Blazers' chances, um, if they had a full season of it going into this playoff race, obviously they wouldn't be an eight seed. They'd be a little higher, and they wouldn't have to see the Lakers. So um, it's unfortunate, but if anybody can knock off LeBron and AD and and do it in a fashion that is spectacular. It's, it's it's Dame Lillard. So I don't think Portland wins that series. I think it's a six game series if they do do it. Oh, okay. I wanted to get I wanted to get an upset out of you. I wanted you to you know what I, the only reason I'm not saying it's going to be upset is because I expect the Lakers to be able to improve. I don't expect the LeBron James led team to be flat for the next nine games, ten games. I yeah. don't expect that. If they stay flat, pencil it in. Portland, Portland's killing them. If they still have these shooting woes, Portland's killing them. Portland's killing them. But I don't expect that from the Lakers. So I, I expect it to be a six-game series. All right, awesome. Kev, you have anything to say about potential Lakers series? Are you worried at all about Portland upsetting you guys in the first round, especially if these struggles continue next week? Because if I recall, the playoffs start in the 17th. So you yeah. guys basically have a week to get your shit together. So I am not concerned, and I am very confident in the team still. Um, no disrespect to Portland at all. I totally agree. I think that's going to be a six-game series easy. Uh, 
possibly seven if, you know, Dame Dame shows up. So um, I think the thing for the Lakers is that their spot's been clinched. There's no need to, you know, like the rest of these games for them are not. You, you look at them two ways, I guess, in my opinion. I'm saving my energy. I'm resting because otherwise nothing's changing for us until the playoffs actually begin. Or you have some people where, you know, they're going to, they're going to, like you say, there's a switch that kind of goes off. We're going to flip the switch. We're, we're, we're in playoff mode now, um, nonetheless. So I think that's, you know, more, I, I think they're rested. Like, obviously, they ain't been doing shit, you know, for the last few yeah. months anyway. They're back. But uh, I think that's kind of more so what it will be them taking an opportunity to say, all right, let's take a couple of games, try some different rotations little different looks, touches like that. Because you're always going to play through AD when you can in the middle. So, like, that's I, – I I don't see that changing anyway for them. But I think uh, I think you'll see – hold on, let me pull it up. You, this may take a minute, so I may have to come back to that thought. But in short, I think they'll definitely uh, step it up. And uh, I think you'll see Kuz kick in, and uh, it's going to be a little more – yeah, Kuz been playing well, man. He, he's actually been playing defense and trying to be a creator. Like I, I like what I see now, Kuz. But yeah. uh, th- this ain't the the Lakers bubble; it's the NBA bubble. So we will go back east right quick. Uh, so, do you guys see any challengers to the Bucks in the East? Do you think Toronto has a real chance? Do you think Boston has a real chance? Uh, ben Simmons is probably out for the postseason, so I'll just preemptively cross out Philly. Which makes me really sad because they they were they they were my pick for a long time. You know what's funny about that? Real quick, Sean. I had I created a video. You know, we're trying to get our our social media. We're trying to um to improve the brand. So I took that clip of you talking about Embiid and Simmons and how they were going to play them. I was like, this is really intelligent analysis. It's great. We want to put this and showcase this basketball mind that Sean has. And literally later on that day, before I posted the video, Ben Simmons goes out. So I was like, well, we can't really post Ben Simmons in B talk when there's no Ben Simmons. Oh, boy. (laughs) Rough sledding, man. It's wild, too, because they've been really inconsistent all, all year. And I was basically betting on just never the playoffs start. All right, everyone's serious. And the switch goes on and B stops fucking off and you know Simmons does what he does and you know they they try to shock the world and they use their size but I don't think that's happening anymore and at least Brent Brown's job is safe because now he has an excuse he has an excuse now oh Simmons is injured we don't know what we could have done blah 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 but uh do you guys think that anyone really had the chance against the Bucks because I, I have my opinion I want to hear you guys this hey hey I got some love for Boston today. Hey. Got some Boston love there today. I think Boston can do it. Okay. Um, I think Boston can do it. Um, I don't have the basketball analysis to break down the, the the movement on the floor and stuff like that, but just from what I'm seeing in the bubble um, and what those young guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, Gordon Hayward, still a problem. Um, you got the, the junkyard dog. Uh, Marcus Smart, they, yeah, oh, man. man, they. I think they can. I think they got a chance to put the Bucks in a tough position. And when 
you get Giannis out the paint, even though he's been shooting particularly well in the bubble, um, you get him out the paint, you make Chris Middleton have to have to go to work. I think Boston can do that. And I think they can, I think they might be able to push the Bucks. Yeah, like I, I'm talking about beating them though. Like I I think there are two teams that can push them, but I'm talking about is there a team that you would put money on, like, hey, like they're they're gonna lose in six to this X team in the East. Boston still. I I just look at what I just look at what Toronto was able to do with with Greek last year. And right. and I kind of see Boston presenting the same problems to them this year. Um, that's banking on Greek giving you the same performance he gave us last year. I don't think we're going to get that, but there's a team that I see right now is Boston. Right. What about you, Kev? I was in agreement. I think if if you're gonna if you have to pick one, because I I still think uh, you know even though Toronto doesn't have Kawhi, their lineup's a little different. You know, I still think that's an overall great roster, great team. Oh, they're um, so solid. So yeah, they're pretty solid. I would I want to put them out there, but I still, I, you know, I kind of hate to say the, the Celtics' reputation precedes them in playing those kind of big games, big series, stuff like that. So um, I'd have to agree that the Celtics would be the one uh, to to push the number one, you know, and go against the Bucks. Go ahead and tell us about Toronto. I know that's where you're going, Sean. Yep. I know that's where I know that's where you're yep. going. <laughs> and I know this is on the heels of Toronto getting the brakes beat off about Boston last night. Did you guys watch that game? I did. I, I actually gambled I watched some highlights this morning. Actually. <laughs> I, I, I actually gambled on the Raptors coming back in the second half, at least getting it to double digits. And boy was I oh my God. Boy. <laughs> They they got they they gave they gave Toronto a whooping. That said, I feel like Toronto is the best team to like to come out the East outside of outside of Milwaukee, obviously. And it's because uh they are they're too solid defensively. Uh, I think they can get these games just straight in the mud. I think they can get Giannis out of what he wants to do, I, I think that they're they have they can throw enough bodies at them. They can throw enough um, different looks at them. They can confuse people, and I think over the course of a seven game series, my only concern for Toronto is where Siakam is at. That, that's my thing because when things get sloppy, you can't run any more cute offense with with Freddie and Kyle. Who are you gonna go to? And Siakam is very good. Siakam isn't quite there yet. He's not where Kawhi was. He's not uh, even a, a Paul George in that situation. LeBron, you know, those guys, like people who can just get you a shot when nothing else is going right. So that's my that's my only concern. And this is assuming that that Greek doesn't come out with a 15-footer when time when the time goes that because if he has that then it's over you can you can forget about it but we're assuming that that we had the same greek from last year which is a pretty dumb assumption but we're assuming that you know shaka goes before Giannis has the ball nowhere else to go can he pop an 18 footer over somebody if the answer is yes then all of this is moot because they're going to win the title going away but if they don't then that opens the door so 
Uh, that, that's going to be really exciting. And before we move on to Ross and Chains and everyone else, TJ Warren. <laughs> and your hey. son, Pat. <laughs> Why is that you? Oh, Why? Is that you? <laughs> you know, it's it's funny with with TJ Warren. I, I followed him ever since he was in college. I think he went to NC State, and he was a a world class scorer at NC State. But he didn't just ha- he didn't have the three ball, so I was scared that. He wasn't going to be good enough or versatile enough for people to just throw him in and kill people from the mid-range. He would just, like, he would have to get a three ball. And he came to Orlando with a three ball, man. And golly, he... <laughs> like, I oh, my God. I, I don't know if somebody hypnotized him. I don't know if he came with a new shooting coach or just like over the summer like I'm just gonna come back with a three ball and this is just gonna unlock my game but he he's a walking 35 ball now <laughs> at, at least at least Orlando like you just that's the crazy thing about the league like you you just you just you know you, you blink and oh wow this guy can just score 30 any game out of now. Nowhere. like who's mm-hmm. CJ Warren yeah and he's been an assassin but the one thing that was holding him back besides playing defense was the lack of a three ball. I think he only put up like 60 threes off the dribble last year or something like this whole season prior to the bubble. And now he's just raining hellfire. And now he's a 30 ball. It's, it's insane, but shout out to him. Shout out to the Pacers for unlocking yet another gem. Uh, I think we're underestimating them, but I don't think Oladipo is good enough to lead a team past um, anybody's second round, so we're just going to continue sleeping on Indy. I'm sorry. But TJ Warren, you're an animal. Uh, I and mean, you, you get him and Oladipo and Miles Turner clicking? Talking about going into next season, not right now in Orlando, yeah, but, but talking about going into next season? Indy got something up there. They, they have something. It's just, do they have enough? Do they have enough to attract the, the big fish, you know? And the big fish to play in Indiana, you know, <laughs> it's not a bad city. It's not a bad city. I love, I love Indianapolis. I spent a lot of good time there. I love Indy. Um, not a bad city, you know. If I you had to the- make a case like that, you can forget about it. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think that's where you get more in the league into uh, the talk of uh, you know franchises and how big your franchise can be and. You know, is that it for those smaller markets? You know, like big markets get big names. And if if you're not seemingly those bigger markets where there's more opportunity, like how many of those guys are staying there? You know, so like I don't know. Right, like exactly. Indy's not bad. Think about it. Indy, you're a two hour, two and a half, three hour car ride from Chicago. If you want to hop on a plane, it's. 45 minutes to an hour. You, the eight-hour drive from Atlanta, if you want to hop on a plane, it's two and a half, three hours to get there. And it's not a bad place. The cost of living is great compared to all these other big marketplaces where someone could play. I, you got the Circle City Classic, Black Excellence that comes through Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a good city to live in. It's it's a little thuggish. It's a little thuggish now. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Keep that thing on you when you're out there. But <laughs> Indy's a good place to live. You get up there, you go to Carmel, you live up, you, 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 you'd be all right. All right, cool. I'll, I'll take your word for it. 
All right, so let's move on from basketball. We'll talk about um, Rick Ross, 2 chains, their verses on it was Thursday. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had Ricky winning 12 to 8. I had Drake winning as well because that whole the <laughs> second half of the second half of, of that versus had me thinking, well, who the hell is going to beat Drake in this format? And for me, the answer is nobody. Uh, I've maybe the ghost of Kanye. Uh, maybe he has twenty of those things, but outside of that, I don't. I don't see a ton of competition. I know Ross can't do it because half his shit features Drake. So it, <laughs> it, it'd be tough to try to beat Drake with his own shit. Uh, how'd you guys feel about the verses? How'd you guys feel about the energy and the songs and everything else? I'm going to go first because it's going to be quick. So I have not watched the verses thing. I always kind of get information after the fact. So I've, uh, I've kind of heard and, and seen the list. And like, I, I just want to say, because we, we talked about it before and came to that same thing, like, who would beat Drake, supposedly? And in my opinion, that's where you get back to the hip-hop beefs of, you know, the hip-hop world. I would I would put that Push versus Drake battle in a heartbeat. Like, oh, that's no. like, oh, yeah. You're trying to get somebody but, beat up at the verses. But this is the thing yeah, about it. it. This is the thing about it in the verses, right? Because it's always going to, like, Drake is going to win that, too. But I feel like that win is almost by default. He he's got he think about it. He everyday hits. He's got the most hands down. But I think you know if you're and I'm not gonna make it seem like enjoy your hip hop. I'm I'm not like a super analytical person when it comes to hip hop. But when it comes to that beef supposedly, because like when Drake bodied Meek Mill, right? I was like, damn. Because I wasn't even a Drake fan, really, until that happened. And I was like, oh, man, this dude, okay, he really does, like, have some flow. Like, he survived the hip-hop beef, and actually, he rapped the shit, like, back-to-back. It's still, like, yeah. I crack up every time, right? So, no, when I look at... He was badass, too, to be honest. Yeah. So, when I look at that, right, and then I fast-forward to, like, him getting into another beef with Push, I feel like Push came out of that when you look at their songs. I feel like he won that one. So if that's what I would want to see, but I haven't seen a versus, so what the fuck do I know? Yeah, it's a it's a twenty song format. That's the thing. It's twenty yeah. of your biggest hits. Yeah, so push, so it's not like would have about, push would have about ten, and then uh, and it would just to, to speak on that Drake Meek real quick. I don't think that it's because Drake just uh, Drake completely annihilated Meek, and I don't think it was because Drake just did incredible things. We expected a response from Meek, and Meek didn't fulfill. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't give yeah. us what we were looking for. He disappointed us. So that's yeah, what made it. That's what made that L so much worse because we were like, "Oh, Meek, this is what Meek does," and he yeah, didn't think. do anything. And yeah, so so Drake body meek, but it's not because Drake just wrapped the doors off anything. He made a hot song and meek underwhelmed with the response. So it's like you just got your ass whooped. But um good point. In in regards to the verses, I got two chains winning. I had two chains winning. And I think the biggest thing that everyone wants to do and that what they had to do, and Sean, you mentioned it seconds ago, it's a 20 song format. 
we're not taking the entire body of work and saying, oh, this artist is better than this artist. Yeah, I understand Give me your that. 20 from this side. Give me your 20 from this side. We we talked about it last week. There's no one on this God's green earth is going to tell you Two Chains makes better music than Rick Ross. Yeah. Rick Ross makes some of the best rap music in the history of hip hop. In the history of hip hop. It sounds good. He raps Ooh. good. His cadence is on point. <laughs> Rick Ross is a mastermind. Man. But in that format, I got three, maybe four songs. Three. And this is the difference between God what you just said. Four? He, Rick Ross played four songs that had no business being played at oh, all. Okay. Nobody wanted to hear Rich Forever. Nobody wanted to hear Dice Pineapples. Nobody wanted to hear Tears of Joy. Nobody wanted to hear Santorini Grease. Now, don't get me wrong. Those are good rap songs. They sound good. When they come on, I let them play. I don't skip them. But not for that. But not for that format. And then when when you play Tears of Joy, and then what did Chains come back and play after that? Let me pull up my list here. I got it on the list right here. Oh, you be prepping for the show. That's lit. Yeah, uh, uh, this one, this one was close <laughs> to the heart, so I made sure I had my, I made sure I had this right. So, what did uh, yeah, no, let's let's use Santorini Greece for example. Santorini Greece is a, a impeccable song. Mm-hmm. Wow, love yeah. it. Yes, but after Santorini Greece goes off, and then bands and make her dance come on. Yeah, you're not gonna. It's, it's the Juicy J <laughs> thing again. What we're saying with Nas, what makes you feel something? Like Sandrine Reese is super smooth, and then Bands of Maker Dance has you looking for the, the the fattest ass to throw some money at. But what are you gonna do when you're in that? When you're trying to party and enjoy? Yeah, in that atmosphere that they created. Because when I loved when strippers came on and they started doing it for the essential workers. Come on, man. So that's so that's where I'm at with it. You know, I'm not saying that Two Chains is a better artist than Rick Ross, but when Ross played those four songs for me, I'm like, nah. This is what when he played Freemason. That was the other one that threw me off. He played Freemason. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not the this is not what we need to hear from you right now, Ross. We need if you're gonna play anything that's chill, throw Mad Maybach music out there. But that was just me. I. I, I heard some rumors that Ross might have also been holding some in the clip because there's another versus that he may be involved with where he can go another 20. Because ah. he's got another 20. He's yeah, got he another, another 20 to use. But, um, unbelievable. Man. Yeah, no, when you're talking total body, body work, Ross oh, yeah. is almost unmatched. Almost yeah. unmatched in this. You have to start talking about your Drakes, your Kanye's, your Wayne's, your Hoes when you're talking about what Ross brings. Yeah. And it's wild that you said it, but I think I agree. Like Ross has has a lot, and people dock him because he's he's a liar. But everyone lies in rap. <laughs> he's a fat, arrogant liar, and but goddamn, he makes some music, right? He, he makes some real music. I'll I'll uh, say before the verses, like me and Pat started talking about uh, on Facebook, we were talking about a couple of tracks that we I would have liked to have heard on it. I'm like, yo, you got to come with this, you got to come with that. I understand, like Pat said, he he may be saving some for another one, but I was, you know, 
I could have thought of like five, 10 off the rip that I'd have just automatically just, like you say, that brings that energy out of me. I mean, I I play Holy Ghost like oh, every day. Uh, oh my God, that is my, that is my, ba- that is a banger, you know? Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Sean, my bad. You're fine. I wanted your input, Goofy, but <laughs> I wanted your input with this. Uh, but yeah, so while we're talking about Music. Before we move on to the the college football and and everything else and all, all of our important stuff, uh, let's let's talk about a, a cool little thing that uh, what what's her face? Make the stallion. Oh yeah, oh yeah, my girl, Party hot beat? girl, man. Oh, and uh, a, a song with, with the initials WAP, mm. whatever that stands for. I, I heard that there were some some visuals that accompanied that song. I would like something to that every man, every heterosexual male needs in his life. That's <laughs> where we're at with it. Yeah. Some very uh, good images. The choreography was very amazing in the visual. <laughs> the, the, the black aesthetic, fine arts. Aesthetic <laughs> to the eye. Yeah, black excellence at its finest. Yeah. I uh, I and, am in the personal boat that that is a. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to throw on them that they are like the women empowerment or anything like that. It's just music. Let them like do be who they are and do what they do. Enjoy it for that. Um, try not to put any extra like weight on them for what it is. Like it, it's nah. Fuck that. I'm gonna put the weight on them. That is women empowerment. That shit is freeing. Why is it that men will <laughs> yeah. sit here and be like, oh yeah, we like the freaky hoes. We like the freaky women. But as soon as a woman gives us that, we're like, ah, oh, no, nah, I don't like. Damn that. I want the woman on the same wavelength that I'm on. If they want to be doing splits between chairs and bouncing and doing all, I'm with that, <laughs> right? I'm with all that. And I'm not going to tell a woman not to do it because it makes me uncomfortable. Because when I get when I get to feeling the way I feel, Man, let's just be honest. Men want the freaks. They want a what did Luda say? They want a woman in the street, but a freak in the bed. Yeah. Megan Cardi is showing you the freak side, and y'all are like, ah, yeah, you, don't, you don't want our daughters to see that. No. You want your daughters to be comfortable with who they are. Megan Cardi are comfortable with who they are. Strong black women. That's and the great. great thing about this happening this week is that last week Beyonce gave us something that we could look to as well. That was black excellence with the blackest king last week. She, oh, no. the, that was visually pleasing. That was great artistry. A, a lot of uh, culture in that particular video. And then this week we got Megan Cardi. You're getting, getting all the black shit. fine excellence from women right now. They're, they're, Bro, they're if, giving us everything we need. If Rihanna drops something next week, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it, it, it's like the Infinity Stones. That, that's the right? black woman <laughs> Infinity Stones right oh, there. Something's <laughs> going on. Oh. I, I mean, and and that's my thing. I don't like. Look, they're both they're both former strippers. I, I don't know what you want from them. The song is called "Wet Ass Pussy," and you want them to talk about defunding the police or abolition or whatever the fuck. Exactly, look, man. Let, let, let them do their thing. thing. Yeah, like I said, let them do their thing, man. Let we got enough people talking about that. We don't need them. We don't need them to talk about that. We needed this. And, and the and the wild part is that Cardi will talk about it sometimes. Like, like she, she'll dip her toe in policy right. before, but let, let her do freak shit. It, it's a part of, it's a part of some women's nature. It's a part of women's nature in general. Like you, you want to stop being scared. Shit. They're not going to influence. They're not going to influence your daughters to do anything that you wouldn't allow your daughters to do. If you got a problem with them, you need to step your parenting game up, man. Don't put that oh. on Megan Cardi. 
talk to him. One thing I'll say too about uh, Cardi, like that I didn't realize, because I don't watch a lot of TV, I didn't realize that she was also on like a show for a little while. I guess one of the, the love and hip hop shows or whatever. But um, if you look at how she created her fan base and her platform, there was always a level up, you know, because like you like you mentioned earlier, she's a former stripper, and you know from that platform, bam! I I read a I read a biopic or something online said the next step for her was uh, the gram. Instagram was coming up, right? Social media influencing. Got another following from that. Bam. I'm on TV now, right? Got another following from that. Bam. Now I'm making my music now, right? She clearly knows all, what the fuck she's all, doing. Yeah, exactly. She's not a dumb woman. Like you say, she's in politics. And stuff like, a lot of people just want to, like, she's got a brain. So it's like, you can do it all, you know? You don't have to be one dimensional. You You can have levels to that so yeah yeah like, I, was, I was very enthused yeah i bet like, it was a Watch, very I was watching that shit before uh, we started <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what the crazy thing about that is too i didn't even seek that video out to watch it my girl brought it to me she was impressed with what was going on with that <laughs> i would venture to say that we had a discussion that that is the woman's tip drill that is the the woman's uh, peep popping on a handstand, Ooh. and nothing like good. that. W- women, yeah, women deserve that type of shit. I, I don't mind them having something like that. I, I know really it. has. They yeah, need I, it. Yeah, and why? Why would a man get mad at a video that would enthuse a woman to give them vagina? I don't understand. <laughs> like all these people talking about, oh, what, what about the, what, what about the police opposition? What against about your own interests? <laughs> yeah, what about right? and, and the coochie's just drying up. It's like wiping before you poop. It just doesn't make sense. These strong kings handle it. You gotta, you gotta boss up. This is not a weak player move. This is only for the strong. Only the strong can survive. You gotta boss up. Don't let this. Don't let this. Scare you, don't let it intimidate you. Rise to the occasion. Yeah, you, you, you're looking real insecure out here, <laughs> looking real weak uh, un, under that tough surface. Feel me? Uh, yeah, so uh, enough about that. Let, let's talk about important things like the NCAA and the actual player, like um, the two unions. Yeah, they have one in the Pac 10, they have one in the Big 10, and they're both, they're both trying to have their conditions before. Uh, before the commissioner and everything else, before actually playing, and I think it's working. I, I I'll just go first here. I really enjoy the fact that they are finally exercising the power. I feel like the NCAA is the biggest amateurism scam there is. I, I feel like that actually does need to be abolished. I feel like it, it needs to go post haste, and I, I really enjoy any time. Uh, players or anyone else really puts them to the fire, and it and the one good thing about this pandemic is that it it really exposed how much of a sham it really is. It, it stripped it naked. People knew, people who did any research on it knew how much of a sham it was, but this this situation really stripped it naked. You, you have to think. So you're not allowing any actual students to go to school. Go to go to actual campus to learn, but you want the players to go and go to practice and be all over each other and then travel while all the actual students are 
learning online and everything else, and you want them to travel and sacrifice time with their families and sacrificing their health for free, and you want to call it a- amateurism because you because you that's the only way the rest of your sports program is going to keep afloat. Get rid of that whole thing. And I'm I'm so glad that they're really putting their feet to the fire. And I think the Pac-10, they they were talking about their commissioner dropping their salary from was it's like five million to four like four hundred thirty-five thousand something like that. And just that alone would give the players like each player an extra five thousand dollars in their pocket for a stipend. So I, I'm I'm all I'm all for it. I'm all with it. Uh, but what you guys got, Pat? We'll start with you. So I first want to applaud the student athletes. Um, I think this is a generational thing. Um, our generation, we're Gen Y, we're millennials. We started the conversation beating on the table. Hey, we should get paid. We should get paid. We should have these type of uh, um, items afforded to us during the college experience if we're giving free labor uh, and not being compensated based on the revenue that we're generating. So props to the millennials, props to what we started and did. And maybe they were talking about it before us, but we came in the door and we started banging the table. Yep. These Gen Zers, God <laughs> damn. I love them. God, these Gen Zers are about that shit. These yeah. kids stood up on whoever's shoulders, whether it was our shoulders or the generate, whoever they needed to stand on, they took they took the torch. They stood up on them damn shoulders and said, look, y'all was soft. Y'all not going hard enough. We are not playing for you if you have racist, racist landmarks on your on your universities. We're not playing for you if you got a racist name on this school that I go to. We're not playing for you if we don't feel comfortable with the health environment that you're, you're creating for. We're not playing with you. We're not playing no games. Give us what we want because we know our worth. So down, baby. So these Gen Zers about that shit. And what's crazy is they're not even being unreasonable. Nah. They're asking for everything that's afforded to the average working person in America. Can you keep us safe? How can you keep us safe? What are the measures you're going to go to to keep us safe? Can you explain that to us? Don't make us sign liability waivers if you don't know what this shit is going to do to us. Maybe y'all can come off with a little bit of bread and give it to us since you're making us do this shit that no one else in America is doing. Simple shit. And and to kind of backtrack a few a, a week or so ago, um, when the Pac-12 initially put this list of demands, among those things that I mentioned, th- those were some of the demands that they put out. There was this there was this misnomer or misinformation that players didn't want to play and that they were opting out and that they wanted to get paid. And that really wasn't the case. They basically came to the table and said, we want you all to answer these questions for us. We're not kids. We're adults. You're having us do adult things. What are you going to do for us? Reasonable, except for Washington State who said, hey, if you support anything that these Pac-12 players are putting out, you can't play for us. Yeah, your scholarship's good this year. We'll honor it, but turn your shit in. That is the absolute worst response you can give to 
whole bunch we call of them kids. Off. They're young adults. Yeah. They're learning how to maneuver in the workplace, whether it's on a football field and they end up, you know, going on to the NFL or the next level of sports, or whether they go into corporate America or they they become entrepreneurs. You can't just say, oh, it's my way or the highway. I mean, you can, but that's not a very smart business practice. These kids know their worth. They're not going to just let you do to them without questioning it. They're not going to take it because that's the way it is. And you have to understand that as an institution that the generations have changed. They they want answers for the questions that they have. And the questions that they're asking are very smart questions. I don't blame them for banding together to try and move something. They're strength in numbers. They're strength in your voice. They've already found the power. Um, they've been testing the power out the last year or so with, with kids. Oh, that's been uh, fun taking a stand against their coaches kids saying hey if you don't take the flag off this old miss campus i'm not playing for you and then a month later the flag is gone they know their power they have power you better start respecting them as equals now because they're going to use it yep Kev. so uh you kind of touched on my thoughts about it earlier like def- definitely uh proud of them forming the unions you know getting their their power their say Pat stated very, very elegantly their worth. Um, the thing that I thought about it that's funny, like when you hear people, you know, talk about amateurism is like, well, there, there is a thing that they have where they actually do get paid for what they do. Like for NCAA football, it's the NFL. For NCAA right. basketball, it's the NBA. There are actual leagues that pay these players for that. And that's, you know, it, it goes, it ties back into the whole kind of deal where we were talking and, and it's like, you know, they're NCAA is crooks. And mm-hmm. like Sean said, this exposed a lot of different things that, you know, they've been doing for so long. Like we, when you, when you do it for so long, especially out in the open, it doesn't seem wrong or it doesn't seem like something they shouldn't be doing but the free labor and the money and the revenue that they get out of these players is just (laughs) like we're not you know astronomically high billions yeah billions of dollars generated from from this and like you know like we we grew up in the era where there was the game the ncaa game where you're literally making a video game using images and likeness of people that aren't seeing profits from that. And like that game came out every year. Boom. You know, like, so it's the, you know, definitely, I, I, you know, if the, I hope they get their power. I hope they come to an understanding. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want to watch sports guys. So don't take that from this. Um, I definitely like watching the younger athletes, aspiring athletes, you know, come up because not everybody's going to go on to, the NFL or the professional leagues, I should say. And yeah. that's what I feel like college athletes or college sports is really all about. Like, hey, I'm I'm still an athlete and I can play sports, but I'm not planning on actually going necessarily to the league. You know, I think that would create if you did it that way. Obviously, I know why the NCAA doesn't want to do it. You would have the XFL or other professional things that people could do to prep for the, the majors if you want right. to kind of create that format for it but um 
you know, stop being greedy. Give to the needy. Share the love. They, you know, it's definitely it, it's funny because it's not something that they can't not do. You know, it's it's something that's definitely doable in terms of creating stipends for players and and showing players that they're worth because most of these schools are big schools because of their sports programs. So it's it's not like a lot of these players, you know, Harvard doesn't have the best football team, you right. know, so that, you know, look at it that way. And so, I also think it's fair to note right now as we talk about this subject, the power these players are wielding right now, there's a current conversation going on right now that might affect all of college sports because what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have done has forced these commissioners to come to terms that, hey, we might lose our labor, so maybe we need to think about postponing the season. The Mac just canceled their season. They'll tell you it's because of health concerns. Players don't feel healthy. A big portion of that is because the Mac's big money games come from the Big Ten. The Big Ten went conference only, and now the Big Ten's not even sure if they're going to have a season because their players are forcing them to address issues that they were going to try and sweep under the rug. So the Mac explicitly states they canceled because of health concerns. If that's the case, these players got, these players got to understand they got all the power. And these Gen Zers know they got all the power. The college uh, administrators and these fans Y'all gotta, y'all gotta start talking a little bit better to these kids on Twitter. Stop talking crazy to them on Twitter because they'll cut your ass off. And you ain't gonna have the sports. <laughs> you. <laughs> and, and you know my where I think this is gonna go, and I feel like it's gonna be kind of ironic. Is that I feel like the the Pac-12 is gonna cancel this season. I feel like the Big Ten is gonna cancel this season. Everyone else is gonna gonna cancel this season completely. Except for the SEC, and it'll it'll just show how how little of a fuck the the South gives a fuck about their black labor. Once again, it'll be like America full circle while while everyone watches. That's what I'm waiting for because they they see all this stuff around them, and the SEC just moving full steam ahead. Like, yeah, we already got our schedule, and it's like, hey. You can't spell secede without SEC. That is correct. <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> all right, so I think that's it for the show today. Uh, Kev, do you have anything? <laughs> you oh, got man, anything before we roll out, man? Oh, man, no, that was great. Good stuff, man. Everybody be safe out there. You know, wear your mask. Continue to take precautions the best you can. This stuff is real. Uh, people's lives are real. So it's it's not a game. I say that to the people that I am still down south here. So, you know, South Carolina, but we don't give a fuck. Like it's it's crazy to go some places. So uh, you know, be safe out there, folks. Pat. Yeah, I actually do have a lot. We got a whole extra segment that I just created <laughs> in my head just now. Now, nah, real quick, um, I do want to get y'all's thoughts on the um the uh, awards, the um, NBA awards, they they got announced earlier today, last night, earlier today. So um, obviously the MVP race, you got Braun, you Giannis. got Greek, you got Harden. We'll, we'll do it quick. Um, did, like, name, name, the, uh, name the award, I'll give you my pick. I already got these cool. sets out. So uh, MVP, 
Ron Greek Hardy. Giannis. 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 Easy. Kev? Yeah, I'm going to go with Giannis on that one, too. All right. Rookie of the year. Oh, um, ja yeah. Zion. I'm not even going to mention the Miami dude. He's not even in the race. Yeah, like Ja. <laughs> ja Morant, yeah, for sure. Ja Morant. Depoy. Greek. A.D. Gobert. Uh, Greek. Again. I'll go A.D. It's going to be a tragedy if Milwaukee doesn't win this title. He He's leaving. I don't know where he's going, but he's out of <laughs> Your man is Depoy and MVP worthy. Crazy. We haven't seen that since what? Hakeem? Yeah, yeah. That's a bad motherfucker. Um, shit, what we got? Six man. You got Schroeder, Harold, Lou Wills. Crazy that the six man can come from one yeah. team. You got two dudes. Who uh, got? Uh, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Harold. I think he's more important to him. I think he's more important to the Clippers. I'm going to go with Lou on that one. He's just. When I think of six man, you know, that is who I think of, honestly. So that's the six man award is going to be named the Lou Williams Award after he retired. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what it's going to be. He's embraced the role and, you know, the way he just attacks, like you would want it. it, If you're not giving, if if anybody is naming their six man, we're not talking like, hey, you're getting an award, but just on a team, you're my six man. You're telling them, I want you to be like Lou Williams. I want you to come at it, not just with the tenacity, but the attitude that he has off the bench. So it's, uh, I, I think it's Lou Williams. Okay. All right. Two more, two more. Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, no, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Most improved. <laughs> Luca, Bam, Brandon Ingram. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Ingram. I second that Ingram for sure. He's definitely been playing a lot better. Doing on that list. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's been on that list. list. Go ahead and say it, Pat. You got to say it. <laughs> if you want to give Luca an award, just create the most white bird, <laughs> bird award and just give it to the the white guy who you want to acknowledge. We don't like if you want to give him an award that bad. Just give him the reminds me of Larry Bird award and then just keep him. Lucas should be in the MVP conversation. Don't give him the M most improved. Get out of here. Let me throw this one at you. And this may be participation trophy. Like, this may be too many awards. But do you think going forward to, I guess, because after your freshman year, right, you're just in the league for everything else. Should there be, like, a, a sophomore, sophomore award? No. Yeah, sophomore award, junior no. award, like, Okay, beyond or something like that. You you've been in the league fifteen years plus for the older guys. Like like Vince would have got everything, you know, the last if they did something like that. But you know, like I say, that sounds kind of participation trophy ish. Yeah, but. like I, I don't. Like, don't give him a varsity Letterman jacket after yeah. that too. Fuck out of here. You're a professional. <laughs> you're, Sorry, you're Luca, you didn't win shit this year. Sorry. No, great. Win the title. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. That's it. No, that's it. MVP. That's it. You, yeah, you the, MVP, goofy. the way he plays, it definitely should be MVP. Like he should be trying to be or, in the MVP conversation. He's not in the MVP conversation this year. Do the shit you doing this year, and you'll be in the next year. That's sure. it. But if, if you want to give him an award, just give him the reminds me of Larry Bird award and keep the shit moving. All right, last last one. Coach of the year: Nick Nurse, Billy Donovan, Budenholzer. Who we got? I got Nick Nurse. You're not supposed to be able to have the exact same record 
after losing after losing Kawhi and Danny Green. Like you, you, they next man up it. I think like most people are picking the Bucks again, or even OKC's guy, even though he's not listed there. But I got Nick Nurse. Like he he's done a, a stupid job with them. It's insane. I agree. I second that. Even when he had Danny Green and Kawhi, it was like okay, he's still a phenomenal coach with what he's doing. So the fact that again that you know they're where they're at now, they're doing what they're doing. That only speaks to you know, the support staff that they have behind them. So I agree. Cool, cool. And then we all agree Carmelo Anthony is the comeback player of the year, so we don't even need to discuss that. It's just I like that done this before. <laughs> we <Yeah>. never left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he should have never left. But, yeah, so uh... – Too, though, to uh, another player that's back since he's on, you know, my team. Uh, uh, JR, man, uh, I thought his career was over. I'll say welcome back, man. You've definitely been uh, – you know, I know you could play at a higher level, but – He's had some nice shots. He's he's hit some nice spots. Uh, I like him in the rotation. He's doing what he needs to do. So kudos to that, my friend. Honorable uh, mention to Dwight Howard as well. Dwight right, Howard yeah. is oh, hell yeah. yeah so Lord all, knows all the I old hate that man for a very long time. So all, all, all the old ghosts are in the Lakers right now. Right. Trying to <laughs> the old all stars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pat, you got anything before we roll out? Um. Nah, man, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm happy to have another week to do this with y'all. My Pop Smoke shirt should be in the mail next week. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to start shitting on y'all on my platform. Give me my shit. I ordered it back in in June. I want my Pop Smoke shirt. Okay. <laughs> I'm not seeing that coming. All right. All right, so <laughs> um, I have a very cool Black Panther shirt on. Uh, I got it from Philadelphia Prince. Printworks.com. Uh, it's a. They have some really dope stuff there. Uh, this is a dope shirt. It took a little bit long because they're not used to this volume of orders, but they're definitely about something special with the black movement and racial justice. So I had to go support them. You should too. And that's it for me. Uh, Pat, Kev, thank you guys so much. Bradley is hiding somewhere with the baby. Uh, he's um, still working hard, making us look good as usual. And uh, we'll thank you guys. There you are, man. <laughs> thank you guys for thank you guys for showing up. See you guys next week. Shooting the shit. We out. Peace.